Hi guys and welcome back to a new episode. This is uh, coming from the Box to Box and um, we're collaborating with the United Gunner podcast once again. And um, please uh, welcome back, uh, you know, our uh, very, very esteemed guests from the United Gunner podcast. This is Sherry Masuka Jr. Say hi to the people, Sherry. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me once again, Nicholas. No problem. And um, EVC Emmanuel, I hope I hope I got that nickname right. Um, say hi to the people, bro. Hi everyone. Pleased to be back, and thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah um, it's been it's been a very long season. Um, so far. Um, in terms of the amount of games that have been played, particularly in the last month with uh, the festive fixtures coming through, it felt like as if those um, there was no shortage of games. But uh, personally, on my end, I'm just happy that that period is over because um, as far as my team is concerned, I'm just happy that I don't have to see them play for like another two weeks at this stage. But um, we're energized again, and we want to bring you guys the half-season awards. And um, the Night Gunner podcast is um, is on this platform to discuss these awards, and um, we're going to give you about eight categories to um, go through and pretty much discuss whether, you know, we agree on certain things and whether maybe there's uh, certain parts which we probably don't agree as far as those things are concerned. So um, I think we could probably start this uh, straight off the bat. Uh, yes, why don't we, yeah, why don't we discuss the player of the season straight away? Um, this is probably... I don't know. Maybe up for debate. It depends on you guys, but um, we can we can start with Emmanuel quickly. Who's um who's the player of the season for you? Um, I was kind of split between two players, and that's Muhammad Salah and Douglas Rice. Um, after going through everything and reading the stats, and just from what I've watched as well this season, I think I'll go with Douglas Rice. He's been he's been great so far for you guys, and yeah, I can't really argue <laughs> with that. I hear that, but at the same time, it must be it must be said that Salah's been Salah's been immense. Um, Sherry, yeah. what do you think about that? I'm, I'm actually so surprised that he went with Declan Rice because um, I've gone for Mohamed Salah personally. I think he has been the player of the season. He's won Liverpool crucial points. Not saying Declan Rice hasn't won points for us, but um. Yeah, I just give it to Mohamed Salah. Um, but wow, <laughs> I'm really surprised when you went to Declan Rice. Like, can you actually explain that Declan Rice shout? Like, I'm actually, in- I'm actually intrigued that you guys have actually swapped this out. Um, for me, it's just like based on every every other game. Like, don't get me wrong, Salah has been, as Sherry said, he's been really immense. But like, he's kind of. I shouldn't say change your team, but he's been really good for you guys, you know, like consistently as well for a long time. So that's that's what my reasoning was as well. But the Salah one, I, I just, I don't know. I guess it's because I don't really rate Liverpool like that. So I didn't go for Salah. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's that's really my reasoning. Oh, man, I don't I don't know. I have um, I have a couple of mates which probably won't actually appreciate that. You don't read Liverpool that much. That's why you've gone for Declan Rice. You know, personally, I'm not going to... I don't have a problem with that. However, um, 
for my pick, I did put Mohamed Salah just on the basis um Erling Haaland always gets um you know at this point in time he's top goal scorer even though he's missed like what four or five games right but um Salah's probably just what one or two goals behind him and he's top assists at the moment since uh, Pedro Neto actually slowed down and um obviously that's where this that's where the stats come in and uh I just I just edged him over Rice just uh, just due to the fact that you know Liverpool without Salah don't challenge for anything and you know with him there they've actually been able to they're calling them Liverpool 2.0 for a reason it's because of the fact that no one really thought that okay maybe maybe they could challenge but they were missing a few things but then now they're actually like well within the race and could possibly well possibly have higher chances of winning it than possibly Arsenal who have um been opted to win it since the beginning of the season and um he's obviously one of the main reasons why they're doing so well the defense has been good for Liverpool but the attack is probably their biggest strength and he's um he just never slows down and I think he gets I think he gets suspected quite a lot so it's just nice to see um how well he's actually done so far um as far as that's concerned um I don't know Sherry do you um share the same sentiment or is it a different reason i mean i think the stats do back him to be um one of the best players so far this season muhammad salah that is um but i do understand emmanuel's reasoning as well you know because um if you look at declan rice with what he's done for arsenal as he put it i think it's every single game you know this season maybe bar the fulham one that he has consistently given us performances above a seven, you know, and sometimes it's even all the way up to a nine with the goals that he scored. Um, you know, you, you, you go back to the United game um, at the Emirates, you go to Luton, you know, the winner. And yeah, he's just come in clutch for, for us in quite a number of games. The Chelsea won, he started the, the comeback. So to an extent, I do understand Declan Rice, but I think personally, I'll still go with Mo Salah. No, I totally understand that um, as far as everything else is concerned. I'm just trying my best not to be too biased as well. I think I could have easily said Rice, but um, Mohamed Saad deserves his flowers. I think in general, um, I don't know about uh, whether you guys probably saw this, but I remember during the international break, um, I think Aiden Azar um, announced his retirement from football. And uh, people were bringing back those debates as to whether Salah you know, is better than Azar, or maybe if uh, Azar is better than Salah. And um, there's a lot of discourse leaning towards Hazard and maybe even debates with Salah possibly being um, bigger, uh, a bigger Premier League legend than Ronaldo. Uh, but that's obviously a discussion for another day. But um, I think he definitely, you know, this season kind of shows how world-class he's been for ever since he came to the Premier League. No one thought he would be this good. Um, but yeah, I think we could probably agree on most Salah for that. Uh, but Declan Rice certainly is a shout-out. Um, I don't know if there's any other honorable mentions um, in that category. I don't know whether you can say Erling Haaland because it just feels like as if it's, uh, I don't know, he may have scored 14 goals, but then I just feel like as if it's 14 tap-ins, but maybe that's a bit harsh um, <laughs> as far as that's concerned. That's, that's extremely harsh. That's, that's extremely harsh. Do you remember a good goal he scored? Yeah. The, the thing is, right, we can't really fault someone for doing their job. That's like 
as a criminal now. You know? <laughs> it's like if if a keeper makes the same basic save all the time but keeps clean sheets, you know, it's you're kind of doing his job. So what's his most memorable know. goal? What's his most memorable goal this season? He scored 14, right? How come no one remembers him? That's fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but the thing is, I yeah, <laughs> no, nah, but the thing is, right? Just for him to like kind of maintain the levels that he did from last season to now, you know, he 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 deserves some praise. Yeah, um, I understand. For me, I think uh, an honorable mention has to be Son as well, Son for Spurs. Uh, I think he has performed really well this season as well. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that one up. Yeah, I think Son's a very good shout because the thing about Son is, is that last season he looks finished. I'll even be honest, he looks finished. And yeah. um, this season, this season is kind of the season where he's kind of reminding us how good he was before last season. Whereby basically he's on Harry. Well, at least like you know when Harry Kane was still around, Son was hanging with Harry Kane, and um, you don't know whether maybe the reason why he was doing so well was because Kane was around or whether he wasn't around, but. Um, case in fact is, is that he is world class for me um, and I think maybe other people may agree may not agree but uh, I think it's a great honorable mention but uh, there's plenty of these awards to go through and uh, the next one that we have is is Breakout Star um, Breakout Star we're highlighting somebody that's like a bit of an emerging talent um, that's you know caught everybody's eyes so I'm um, Sherry why don't you start with that one Okay, um, breakout star for me, I had Pop Matessa for Spurs. Um, yeah, I think he's been um, one of the best midfielders this season in the Premier League. Um, in under in the age bracket of under 23. So yeah, I have Pop Matessa for me. Yeah, I think I think Star is a very solid shout. Um, and I think don't you think he's watered down? Just a bit, or is it more about the fact that we're just noticing him now, and he's just you know made a good partnership with Basuma? But I haven't really heard anybody talk about him since maybe the first ten games. I mean, he has been injured for a few game weeks now. Plus, um, there's Afcon that's about to start as well, so he hasn't really played. Um, I think he's only played sixteen games this season, and and that's the thing. Like I was, I was trying to think about it. I I said. Uh, which player would deserve this um, this award if they haven't played more than six Premier League games or like seven Premier League games, you know? So I looked at a player that's played quite a significant amount of games this season and out of all the youngsters, he's one of them. And the other one that I, I was kind of stuck between was um, Branthwaite for, for Everton, but um, I've gone for Pap Matissa. No, I can I can certainly take that one for sure. Um, yeah, you see, um, from what you said earlier on, how, how it has to be someone who was already in the prem. I had João Pedro, you know, because he has been in the prem before, and he's twenty two, shining in that Brighton team, and he's really, really an astounding player. Like what he's doing for the Zerbi. And even Deserby said he didn't even know who he was a couple of seasons back until he was told that the club was signing him. I think he's had an incredible season so far. So I don't know if that still counts as a as a breakthrough star. 
or a breakout star? I think I think Zhao Pedro is definitely acceptable. Um, I think um, if I'm being honest, right? I always used to hear about Zhao Pedro's ceiling that he's such a good player, but then I used to I used to wonder, okay, then why why has nobody signed him? Because the yeah. first time we heard about him was when was when he was at Watford, and people yeah. were talking about him while he was there, and you would just hear that he's so good, but then I don't know, like it just didn't seem like as if he was all all there, and um, even. To start off with, with his tenure, well, with his spell here at, at Brighton. But I'm surprised neither of you guys have mentioned Cole Palmer. Do you not rate him, or do you guys not think that he was a breakout particularly? I I had him as well, but I feel like for me personally, I think I've been raving about Joe Pedro even in the preseason. So I'll just go on like what. Or what I prefer, so I just went for Pedro. I didn't, I didn't really think. I don't. I'm not saying I don't rate Palmer, but I feel like you know Pedro just deserves flowers. Sherry, sure, um, for you me, don't the reason why I didn't put. No, no, no. I have him, but not in this category. Okay, but not in this. Category. The reason why you didn't put him. Yeah. The reason why you didn't, why you didn't put him. Why I didn't put him? Personally, once again, I just. I just felt like Sar deserves it more because no one is talking about him. I'm not saying Palmer hasn't been performing well, but it's it's one of those things whereby whenever um, Sar isn't playing for Spurs, um, the gap is pretty evident. You know, in in that midfield, he's d- doing a lot of dirty work alongside Bisuma, and I just think for a 21 year old, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's going quite unnoticed. You know, I think people should take note of him. So that's why I went for him. Cole Palmer, everybody's taking note of him. You know, the the schoolboy cut, you know, the celebrations, everybody's taking note. But, you know, Pap Metasar, I think people should should really, really take note of that boy. Okay, now I'll certainly take that. So Cole Palmer, yeah, certainly... Um... Well, I think he's definitely on my list for sure. Um, Joe Pedro, I wasn't expecting that one. Popstar, I wasn't expecting that one either. So those are um, a couple of oddball names, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, I think uh, they're both um having all three of them are having great seasons. I think uh the reason why Palmer stuck with me in particular was the fact that uh, the narrative is just perfect. The fact that he just you know signs for Chelsea and then all of a sudden you're the main penalty taker. Um, all of a sudden, you know, the team has a bit more creativity. Um, and the just thing about that Peter Drury commentary, you know, um, you know, City's, you know, City's boy is uh, Chelsea's man. And ever since I heard that, I just realized, you know what? Yeah, this is uh, this kid's definitely worth the hype, at least for now. At least for now. I don't want to gas Chelsea fans up too much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think those are some uh, pretty solid options as far as breakout stars concerned. I think um, we're still waiting for Darwin Nunes to break out, but that's, uh, that's, that's something for another day as far as that's concerned. Um, what about the goal of the half season? I think this one might be overwhelming as far as who it might be. Um, um, the fact that it's, you guys have to even think about this is crazy to me, but obviously I'm going to go. Alejandro Garnacho's goal against Everton, without a doubt. Yeah. I don't even have to do a goal. I just think it's just beautiful. The timing as well. 
was so early in the game. How do you think of that so early in the game as well? You know, it's the stuff that if you try it at home, you'd actually break a leg. So I'm going for that goal. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was quite easy as well for me. I was going to go with the same one. But I had a special shout out for, um, I think it was Sarabia's goal versus Tottenham. I think that was a very, very well taken goal. Um, considering that it was, I think it was an equalizer or a winner. I'm not sure one of the two, but um, yeah, it was a really, really well taken goal. And you know, just a special shout out to Sarabia. He he takes second place for goal of the season for me. But um, Garnacho, yeah, I can't guess Emmanuel up too much, but that was a really good goal. Look, all all I say about the Garnacho goal is is that it was. You know, I think it's just difficult to talk that. We're only halfway through the season, but I don't really think there'll be a better goal scored uh, for the rest of the season just because of the fact that scoring um, an overhead kick, a bicycle kick, um, whatever you want to call it, I think people need to start actually differentiating whether a bicycle kick and a scissors kick are the same. Which I say a bicycle kick and overhead kick are the same thing. I don't know. Um but then, you know, just because of the execution, people were, uh, were obviously comparing it to the Rooney goal. However, it must be said that there have been some brilliant goals this season as well. I mean, like, would anybody, like, fret me if I put Zinchenko, you know, was, uh, you know that little Decanio scissors kick that he scored at the Emirates a few months ago? No one talks about that. Um, or Mohamed Kudus. I think he scored um, a scissors kick of his own. He's been He's been on fire as well. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it would just be blasphemous not to say Garnacho because, um, honestly, I just think, like EVC said, so early in the game, and then you're pulling that out of the bag. After he scored that, like, the rest of the game, he was quite bad. I don't know what that was about. Um, so, uh, I think <laughs> that's going to be the highlight of the that season. That was a quote um, for Nicholas. <laughs> In fact, maybe we could have even put him out for breakout star if if maybe it might count for this season. Unless maybe you guys thought that it wasn't strong. It's not a strong enough campaign, but could be a breakout star. Yeah, he, he could. Um, I just I just feel like the other guys that we mentioned as well, you know, have been like a level above. Yeah, I, I suppose you could say a level above, but um. Yeah, I guess so. But then Garnacho and Cole Poma, is there much of a difference there? Maybe. I mean, United are higher up in the table than Chelsea are. I'm not too sure about you know them going stat for stat. If you if you take maybe Garnacho is taking United penalties because Cole Poma scored how many penalties now as well? I don't know. Maybe there's a bit of an argument to, you know to be had there uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, that's overwhelmingly Garnacho for that one. And uh, this is another interesting one, which is our next award, managerial mastermind. So just for the people that are listening, this is more of a, I'm not going to say too tactical, but I mean, this is something where you have to really commend a manager's ability to the way they've navigated the season in comparison to maybe the way their um, uh, their team has performed throughout the season. Maybe league, you know, league position might not be reflective of it. So um, Sherry. Who's your uh, managerial mastermind? Um, I was very, very tempted to put uh, Mikel Arteta. Uh, um, very tempted, 
but I stopped myself and I've decided to go for Jurgen Klopp. Um, and I've gone for him because I think we we're discussing this earlier. Um, but he really started the season without a six, and you know, halfway through the se- season, he's played without a recognized six. six. And here we are, um, the Liverpool top of the table, and through to the FA Cup third round, I think. I mean, fifth round. What round is it? I don't know, man. Couldn't care less. But um, the through to the Europa League um, round of 32. Is it 32? I think, if I'm not mistaken. And let me just say they're competing on all fronts. Yeah, and I think you have to respect um, how well he's utilized the squad and um, yeah, how well he's managed some games. So I, I'll, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Now, that sounds pretty solid. I think um, it really does come down to that. Um, EVC, who's, uh, who do you have as managerial mastermind? Uh, I also went for Jurgen Klopp, mainly because of, as Sherry pointed out as well, how they played most of the season without a recognized six. But for me, it's, I think, how he's gotten his best players you know, more consistent and back to their best as well. Van Dijk is looking like the Van Dijk of old, if not more matured now and more experienced. Allison is saving them a lot of points and how he's allowed Trent all this freedom because he knows that's his main attacking outlet and his, his source of creativity in that team. And moving him around from right back to midfield and it's working. You know, I mean, top of the table, you know, that just says it all. So his man management of his players and his... I think the mentality that he's that he gives to that team, it's yeah, it's it's really paying off, and just credit to him for that. I wanted to go for Emery as well for this one because of how good Villa are, but I just I just looked at how Liverpool are playing this season and what people thought they would like, where they would be by now, and what they're doing now, and it's yeah, I just credit to Jurgen Klopp. I don't know. For me, I must I must give it to Sean Dyche. And the reason why I'm seeing Sean Dice is just the pure reason is, is that I don't know how any other manager would have actually handled a 10-point deduction. This man takes a 10-point deduction for Everton, and he literally scratches and claws that 10 points back. I'm not saying that maybe, you know, some people might blame the fact that Luton and uh, the likes of Sheffield United probably didn't take enough points during that period. But for uh, Everton to go on a four-game winning streak and keep clean sheets in each of those games, it's just testament to the fact that if you want to survive, then Sean Dyche has definitely shown that maybe he's just outclassed the rest of his um his competitors inside that bottom three. Of course, they're still in trouble. And, um, you know, the likes of, you know, Jurgen Klopp, I cannot take anything away from that. The fact that they are competing without a CT, I didn't think McAllister was going to do well in that position for a very long period of time, but then he's made it work and, you know, he's gone the team firing. Unai Emery and Villa, of course, you know, their form has is testament to how good they are. The fact that they're even supposedly inside this title race is unbelievable. But I just think, you know, to have points deducted and to still be to still be inside this dogfight and, you know, even in a situation whereby you might even still be completely safe um, regardless of the ten points, I just had to. I just had to give Sean Dice his flowers for that. I think um, you know, that's that's what that's what I'll say for him. Uh, any thoughts on that? Do you think Sean Dyke has replaced Sam Allardyce 
as the best relegation manager. You know, you know, sure, you go, you go ahead with that one. I'll, I'll end it last. Okay. Um, for me, I think it's a bit disrespectful as well, yeah. Um, to Sean Dash. Um, when we just regard him as a as a manager that just you know survives or just um, as, yeah, just survives in the Premier League. I think at Burnley, just because of the lack of support. But if he did have the support that he has been having at Everton, I think he's a solid, solid mid-table manager, maybe even pushing up to a European spot. I think he's in the same groups, in the same group of managers as Thomas Frank and um, the the likes of I, I don't know, but I feel like with Everton he can really do do quite a lot, and yeah. If Sam Allardyce doesn't really match him, in my opinion, I think Sean Dash is way better and way above. I think his his adaptability as well, you know, because people are always talking about Sean Dash's teams being these um four four two Brexit and um low block type teams, but you see his Everton team pressing teams right from the goal kick, you know, and adapting to different styles of play. So I just I just think he's a really, really good manager, and he's not one-dimensional one like people try and make it seem. No, um, I think yeah, I'll I'll definitely take that. Um, firstly, for me, just to like answer the question as well, I think I've I've always rated Big Sam, right? I mean, there was even a record, um, you know, sometime before that he had never been relegated as a Premier League manager. So pretty much there was a there was a period of time whereby if you got that guy through. That means you weren't going down. Because I think the most impressive one, which you know, I I have down recent memories, what he did for uh, what he did for West Ham, and also what he did for uh, Sunderland, which was I think probably 2016, 17, somewhere around there. Um, and um, you know, he's actually done quite a few great escapes, and he's been kind of like a mid-table manager here and there. He hasn't really been able to get a big job. Um, Sean Dyche, on the other hand, has been able to get. Remember, he got Europa League with Burnley. I think people actually forget that he got Europa League with Burnley. Um, I'm not too sure whether Big Sam has managed to get Europa League with a with a typical relegation struggler side. So I'd have to say that Sean Dyche has basically replaced Big Sam as not only the manager which you look to to help you escape relegation, but also I think he's just I think he's just. A slight level above, not even slight, probably probably a big level above um, Big Sam in that department because of some of the achievements he's been able to do. So, um, uh, okay, so now that we have that out of the way, uh, I think we have Klopp there as uh, pretty much a Roman favorite. We're going to have to go with, uh, well, the surprise package of the season. And um, I don't know whether this one is easy for some or whether it's hard for some, but we'll see. Um, Emmanuel, you can start with this one. Um, does it have to be a team? You said you said team or player. Should I start with the team? It could be anything. It could be it could be anything. Someone it's either a player that surprised you or it's a team that surprised you. I think surprise package for me has been Aston Villa. Like I said they were gonna do well this season. I didn't expect them to do this well. Like the second in the, in the table, um, there was a spell where they beat both City and Arsenal at home. They have the best home record in the league. 
you know, they are really outperforming. And I think what Emery has been doing for that team right now, it's, yeah, it's it was a really slow start, you know, losing, like, I think that was 4-1 to Newcastle. But the resurgence from then on has just been really incredible. And, yeah, I think they do need some recognition for what they're doing in the league right now. And, yeah, they are my surprise package. All right, all right. Uh, Sherry, same thing or you have something different? Uh, yeah, I had, this year, I had Aston Villa as the surprise team package, but I also had Cole Palmer. This is where I had it as a surprise package. I didn't expect him to be um, the player that he is for Chelsea. So Emmanuel's really explained on Aston Villa. Uh, I can't really, I'm not really going to say more on that because... You know how I feel about Una Emery and um, what he's done, you know, in the last few seasons. But yeah, I'll go for Cole Palmer because he has really, really performed. I was checking his stats today. I think he has 12 goal involvements in 17 games, which is quite incredible, you know. Um, yeah, it is really, really incredible. So I'm going to go for Cole Palmer as the player that surprised me the most. But Aston Villa is the team that's, you know, surprised me the most, I guess, because I, I did say quite a lot of bad stuff about them at the beginning of the season, and I still do expect them to drop off, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I, I don't see them finishing the top six. I, I said this um, on, our, on our pod, I think, in our last episode. I, I don't see them finishing top six. But yeah, so far, they've been the surprise package. You know, Villa not finishing top six. I just remember that you actually said that. Uh, you know, I was I was I was listening to that and then I'm just thinking, hmm, that's a very bold claim. Um if you think Una Emery is gonna bottle it uh that much, uh then I guess you might not rate the guy as much if I'm being honest. But personally for me, I, I don't really quite appreciate, you know, the way you know, the way he conducted himself at Arsenal in terms of um, you know, where we finished fifth when all you had to do is get what, five points from the last nine games? But um, yeah. I don't know whether that's going to trickle into Aston Villa um, as far as that's concerned. I think he can finish top six personally. Um, the surprise package which I had to put into here, well, I didn't really put I didn't really put a player or I guess it's a team. I guess it would have to be Big Ange as manager, if that makes sense. Um, okay. I, didn't put him on, I, didn't, I didn't put him on mastermind, although he was definitely... Um, honorable mention but i had to say that i didn't think he was this good in terms of not not to say not to say that um he wasn't a decent manager or anything but what i do think is is that no one would have thought that the football which and the philosophy which he was bringing into the table for um for spurs it's supposed to it's supposed to be it's basically suicidal in the sense that i'm pretty sure they should be losing every game five nil but they're not you know um, for some reason, this football is working. It's scoring goals. It's somehow, you know, beating the majority of teams, or at least, you know, they're actually producing a lot of XG. They're um, going to City and they're drawing 3-3 with Emerson Royale at center back. I don't know how that's happening. And I don't, I don't know if I'm being honest, like Spurs have just, of course, the history of the Tottenham still came through. Um, you know, they went four and four you know, losing every game in November. But then even at that, they still have salvage points, you know, beyond that to show that I don't know. Like it it's just illogical as to as to how many points they've accrued with that sort of football because 
Not to say that you shouldn't be attacking, but honestly, it just feels like vibes. It just feels like vibe with Big Ange. And, and, and that's why I had to give him, I had to give him surprise package. I didn't think he would have survived, um, you know, this early. Or should I say, you know, this long, should I say? Um, earlier on this podcast, I told I told Mark and um, and some of our other colleagues that I think, you know, Ange will be sacked by November. That has clearly not happened. So, yeah, I think he's definitely surprised me for my expectations because I thought Spurs were going to be a mess with him, like basically around Chelsea's level. I think people are probably predicting Chelsea and Spurs together, but it's clear that there's a there's a clear gap there. Um, and that's why I put him as a surprise package. Um, but yeah, no, I do, I do understand uh, your point of view. Uh, what was that? I had Kobama um, and Dustin Villa. I had Villa and I put Solanke, but I, I just went for Villa. You just went for Villa. I think, I think Solanke is, I think Solanke is also just a really good shout because I'm just thinking to myself. Did did anybody think it was this good this season, or like has this just come out of nowhere for sure? For the you? thing is with Solanke during like when he was playing like under twenty threes for Chelsea at the time, what he's doing now he was doing back then. Like the promise was there, and that's why Liverpool spent on him and bought him at the time. But like it's just really taken a long time for it to click, and I think him becoming a father as well actually helped to that because he's really leveled it up. Okay, Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> Just, 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 just a quick digression. Uh, Sherry, if um, if Eddie Nketiah went no, to Bournemouth, no, no, okay. <laughs> actually, this oh, is no, 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 no. I, I didn't think that was your question. I thought you said we should um switch Eddie for Solanke. No, 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 no. I wasn't saying that. I said if Eddie Nketiah played for Bournemouth, would he, would he, would he do that? Would he yeah. do what Solanke's done? One hundred percent. Nah, nah. 100%. Yeah, not doing that. No way. 100%. Don't, don't worry. It can work at Bournemouth for sure. Um, I think, yeah, we can take a look at, uh, you know, probably our last singular award as far as this is concerned. And this will be, uh, I think, yeah, the signing of the season for sure. Um, I think there's actually one more after that. But the signing of the season is uh, just one which we have to get out of the way for sure. And I just I just go out and say that it has to be Declan Rice. I, I just I just don't see anybody else. Because I think, is... gonna, I think I'm gonna swap my first one and put Salah there and then put Rice for this one. Yeah. For play of the season I'm gonna put Salah and then signing of the season I'm gonna put Declan Rice. Sure. Yeah. yeah there there isn't a better signing this season than Declan Rice. Um, as for honorable mentions, um, Emmanuel, do you have a, do you have some for us? Um, a couple of Spurs players actually. I've got Vicario. Um, I didn't really know about this keeper until like he was signed by Spurs, but he's done really well, especially the way Spurs play and how high risk it is. You know, he's always have to always having to come out of his line and make a lot of good saves in these games. But um, he's yeah, he's been really good for me, and I think yeah. Madison as well. Before the injury, yeah, yeah Madison before the injury, but of course he's been injured for quite some time now, so it's a bit difficult to pick him. Vicario is a really good shout because replacing Lloris is not supposed to be easy. I mean, you think about Onana replacing De Gea, right? Um, yeah, and then you think about you know Vicario in particular; he's done really well for himself for sure. And I think Cole Palmer um, as well. I think he falls under that category. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sherry, you're saying the season. Um, I don't know. You've already mentioned most of them, you know, Vicario. That's one that I I, I was looking at. And um, I guess Copam as well, like Emmanuel's put it. I don't know. I was thinking maybe... Hi, Havers. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I think I think I think that one that one's a bit that one's a bit wild for me. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk yeah. about that. Let's not Arsenal the episode, Nicholas. <laughs> I think Musa Diaby Kudus um are definitely honorable mentions that we have to have there. Um, what do you think, Sherry? Yeah. For me, one signing that I think um has gone under the radar is is for Newcastle though. And he's my boy. I rate him so much. People don't really talk about um, players like this. But um, for me, it's Valentino Libramento. I think he's been a very, very good signing for Newcastle. Um, left foot, right foot, right back, left back, right wing, left wing, wherever you want to put him, just play him. He's a very, very good player. And um, unfortunately, he went to Newcastle. But yeah, I'm not going to put him as signing of the season or anything like that, but he's... He's a really, really good shot, and he's been performing really, really well. So, yeah, I'll just, I'll just chuck him there. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's definitely it. I think Sandro Tonali could have been there, but unfortunately, with the ban, yeah, nowhere to be seen. That's Emmanuel's boy, the gambling man. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna like, I'm gonna back him all the way, man. Like, you know. <laughs> As a Milan fan, it 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 was hard seeing him leave, but like, yeah, if he was still like playing football, as of now, I think he would be in this category. Another crazy one I wanted to give you guys is Alex Scott for Bournemouth. I don't know if you guys have seen him play, but he mm-hmm. came. I think he came from the Championship. I think Bristol. I just forgot the team, but like oh. when he plays, you can tell he's class, and like he just looks at home in the Premier League stage. You know, when I hear the when I hear the name Alex Scott, I, I wasn't I was thinking about the the female the the women's player, which uh, she used to play for Arsenal a long time ago. I didn't I didn't even know there was a player called Alex Scott. If I'm being honest with you, um, for Bournemouth, really? Yeah, um, for Bournemouth, he's a very very good player, bro, and um, he showed it even last season. He won player of the player of the season, young player of the season in the in the championship. So he's a very good player and he has been performing really well. He assisted, was it Clive the other day? With a really, really good pass uh, when he scored. Yeah, he's a very, very good player. And uh, I'm with you in that one, Emmanuel. You know, I think, uh, I think I'll, I'll, um, I'll have to look into this one because this is um, you know, kind of like when you have a random FIFA save that's uh, maybe 13 years in and then you just hear a name like <laughs> Alex Scott and you're just really wondering who... Like, who is that? I'm thinking about maybe the game, uh, you know, whenever you see Brighton play, I think uh, it was a recent game that Brighton had. And, you know, Deserby likes bringing these random NPCs into the starting 11 with random names. And you're just wondering, where did this player come from? And they have the most generic name ever. Um, I think, yeah, Alex Scott, I, I wasn't expecting anybody to say that. Um, that's for sure. And um, I think, yeah, you know, just for our final nominal category, we have to look at game of the season. 
And um, I think I think I'll start off with this one. I, you know, personally, I just don't think that the four four between City and Chelsea can be beaten. I don't know whether you guys have an alternative to that, Sherry. Well, I have that. I have that one in second. And for me, game of the season, I'm putting it in the sense that you know, not a game that's entertaining for everyone else, but that was entertaining for me. And um, for me, it's the three one win for Arsenal over United. I don't think. Um, the the amount of dopamine I, I I felt in that game will be topped in a particular game this season. That Declan Rice winner, oh my word! Yeah, for me it's that game. But the four four one will come second. Yeah, I think uh, I can see why you picked that one. Um, so Emmanuel, you've uh, you've also gone for four four. No other no other games caught your eye the whole season. So it's just that one. The yeah, the four four, and I I think the. 3-2 game that we beat Aston Villa at home. But the 4-4 game was just, it was it was incredible. Because I think after Rodri's goal, everyone thought, yeah, the game is done. And for it to end in that manner, as you said, when Peter Drury said, City's boy, Chelsea's man, yeah, it was a brilliant game of football. Yeah, I think um, I'd have to give it to that. I think maybe for entertainment, I'd have to say um, Chelsea again, but this time against Spurs. I don't know that Nicholas Jackson hat trick. You know that 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 should not be allowed in this game. <laughs> like that that generally should not be allowed in this game. I mean, I'm thinking about like you know people giving you know where he spoke about Eddie and Ketia earlier, but the hat trick which I remember him scoring against Sheffield was actually him showing glimpses of quality. But then what I saw in that Spurs game with two red cards out of nowhere, like literally the most. Tottenham thing, the most Spursy thing you will ever see happened in that game where they're just getting red cards, ill-disciplined, a high line with with nine men. Are you are you joking? And you gave what Nicholas Jackson 15, 15 big chances to score. I mean, how many chances do you need to score a hat trick, mate? That's pretty much how I was just watching that game. And just think about like, I don't know, it was like a FIFA game, you know, lobbed through ball. You know, L1 triangle, just put it in behind and then get, you know, and then basically set up a tap in for the other player. And Chelsea were struggling to actually do that against nine men, which was, I think maybe it was just hilarious. And that's why it was so entertaining for me. I think, um, you know, I had to put that up there. And the fact that it got beaten by the 4 4 a week after, yeah, like kudos to Chelsea for actually um, being somewhat entertaining. Um, in spite of the fact that normally their games before then were um, a very hard watch. So, um, yeah, um, they certainly could even just get their own award as most entertaining team of the season. Um, Any final thoughts? Well, I think my final thoughts should be, um, as you put it, it is one of the most competitive Premier League seasons. in recent history and I think it yeah it has shown this season with the results and um with how difficult it has has been to just beat you know it's it's not as easy as people um have been putting it you know teams like Luton you know going to Kenning North Road people were making it seem as if you know it's it's a guaranteed three points that's it but like almost every big team has struggled so yeah there's just that I think Man City our Man City De Bruyne is back Haaland's back or potentially will be back, I think, after the break. 
um, you know, top six, top seven battle, you know, we, we have teams like United and um, Newcastle right now that are not really doing well, but I think when the players are back, um, it will be really competitive and that's where I feel like uh, Newcastle might fall off. I mean, Aston Villa might fall off. You know, Spurs as well, you know, they have all these players that are coming back um, and Son Addison. Uh, they did sign Werner as well in January on a loan. I think they've signed him. I think it's a year ago. I'm not sure, you know, the look on signing drugs. And so I, th- I think it will be a very, very good um, second half of the season. And at the bottom side as well, you know, things are getting interesting. I didn't expect to see Brentford there when I was looking at the table today. But um, yeah, overall, I think it's going to be a very, very good second half of the season. And yeah, let's see how it goes. Um, EBC, uh, a resolution perhaps uh, for the second half of the season? Maybe maybe for the United fans listening, for sure. I think they'll love to hear that. Um, to my fellow United fans, just, just lower the expectations, man. Let's accept where we are and just brace yourselves. Because as Sherry said, it's going to get harder as well the longer the season goes. You know, I'm just... Really excited to see the players coming back, not only for my team, but like from every other team. You know, to see Kevin De Bruyne play football again. James Madison, you know, it's, I think with everyone fit, it makes it even better because you're beating the best teams when they've got their best players out as well. So, yeah, just excited for the second half of the season. Hopefully, hopefully things change at Old Trafford. And yeah, that's really all I've got to say. I think Sherry's covered most of it. Yeah, no. Um that sounds um that sounds pretty good. I think um some people need to hear that. That definitely concludes our um you know half season awards. I'd love to come back to these um at the end of the season to see how um things have perhaps changed. Maybe some of them could change for the better or for the worse. Um and um I think uh, the the United Gunner podcast um you guys made um early season predictions, correct? Uh, at certainly. the beginning of the season, did you 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 predicted the season, right? Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I'd love to you know at the end of the season, love to see what you guys uh, basically listen back to one of the earlier episodes, listen to what you guys said, and then have an episode to review what we all said at the beginning of the season, and um, yeah, just pretty much see how we fared as far as that's concerned. So. Just uh, really happy to have you guys on. And um, yeah, for now, this is the Box to Box, and um, we'll see you guys very soon.